tech giant Oracle recently conducted a global study of 5,200 consumers to learn about their behaviors and expectations related to banking. Yeah, and the results are quite interesting, especially those surrounding digital banking. 69% of respondents said they want their entire financial life cycle on digital channels. 86% expressed the desire to use digital payments. So how important is digital banking to a financial institution's fiscal health and overall strategy? A bank's digital presence really is the representation of that bank in my eyes. I'm Laura Sewell. I'm Andy Goldstein. And you're listening to FinTech Focus from CSI. We've assembled quite the panel to talk about the role digital banking plays in an effective omni-channel strategy, as well as what the future of digital banking looks like. On the show with us are Shane Farrell, Jonathan Ferguson, and Ashley Miller from CSI's digital banking department. Welcome to FinTech Focus. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with Shane. Shane, tell us how has digital banking evolved over the last five years up until now? Let's see. Five years ago seems like a long time in this world. But, you know, five years ago, I think in the market, we were seeing a lot of strategies around Internet banking and separate strategies around mobile banking. So for me, I think the biggest change there is that everybody's come to expect that to be a single strategy. Now, we understand customers use those channels differently today, but we also understand that they expect the same sort of functionality across both channels. Uh, I think mobile would, would be probably the biggest impact there and the way that customers have adopted mobile so fastly. And I think probably the biggest technology within mobile over this last five years has been uh, the ability to deposit a check. That kind of changed the game when it comes to banking in some regards because customers don't have to go to the bank anymore. I can be a customer of a bank. I can grow up locally. I can move away and keep that relationship because of my ability to make deposits from my phone. What role do you think digital banking plays in a financial institution's omni-channel banking strategy? Well, I think, you know, for me, when it comes to omni-channel, there's two kind of primary everyday touch points that customers have with a bank, and that's digital banking and that's their debit card. We're here to talk digital banking today to expand on that side. You know, it's got to be kind of one of those cornerstone primary pieces of a bank's omni-channel strategy. How are they going to interact with their customer through that digital channel that allows them to interact with that customer more intelligently as they come to the branch? You know, so while they need the CRM pieces while they need reporting and smart ATMs and branches and all those pieces of that strategy, digital's kind of got to be the front piece to that because that is their day-to-day interactions to those customers. So, you know, making it an easy experience, making it an experience that makes that customer want to come back and use it, making it an experience where I can have self-service options so I don't have to come to the branch and extend the hours that that customer or that that bank has the ability to serve service that customer. Have you all noticed an increase in the usage of digital banking solutions? Uh, What are some of the usage trends that you're seeing across the industry? I'd say definitely across the board, usage is increasing. Uh, No one channel uh, is being left behind and being used less frequently. The mobile logins uh, are growing. Internet banking logins are growing. Now, what we are seeing is mobile usage is outpacing the internet banking usage as far as number of logins uh, in a particular given time period. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, uh, the larger transactions that are occurring are still happening in internet banking. And that probably will shift as customers become more comfortable with mobile banking and as mobile banking across the industry becomes more and more advanced. Is that usage then, uh, even if they're not making all the transactions on the phone, but it seems like they're kind of tapping in, is that just because of the ubiquity of everyone having a smartphone? 
I don't have any exact stats, but there are some interesting um, numbers of how often a customer is looking at their phone, just in general, for social media, checking email. So it really just is a, a comfort uh, device for customers okay. to access anything, especially banking. Jonathan, we're starting to hear a lot about core integrated digital banking. What does that actually mean, and how does integration make digital banking even better? Well, I want to first start off by saying that digital banking has long had core integration, you Mm -hmm. know, around accounts, their balances, transactions. The shift that's really coming about now is the core integration for self-service options. So things like updating your email or updating phone numbers, updating your addresses even. And the shift uh, is really beneficial for both the customer and the bank because the customer has the advantage of being able to do these self-service options after hours. So they're really getting extended service hours because of that. And then you look at the bank, and the bank is getting a, a more automated system. What can you tell us about security as it pertains to digital banking? In other words, how secure are the latest digital banking platforms that are completely integrated? You know, mobile banking is just as secure, I think, is just a statement I want to make up front. A lot of times that's a question we hear out in the industry is, well, they have this concept and, and they've been using Internet banking for so long, they, they understand the security there, but they don't quite understand the security in mobile. And, you know, for any provider out there, they are making sure that their mobile apps are just as secure as anything that they've ever put on the Internet, that's for sure. And so in some cases, maybe there's even additional security features around the mobile app that aren't available uh, or just naturally aren't a piece of the internet banking applications. So, you know, mobile mobile being just as secure is kind of one statement just to make in regards to that question. Shane, is there a perception amongst customers that mobile banking isn't as secure? You know, I think that that perception exists. I think it was probably bigger five years ago, you know, from that first question of how things have evolved. I think customers are are, are much quicker to adopt and understand that security around mobile sometimes than even the the banks and financial institutions are. You talked about additional features uh, that help mobile banking be more secure. Are, Are there any that you can talk about? Well, even some of the biometric things that are naturally built into the phones that we can take advantage of. So things from thumbprint recognition or facial recognition that are naturally in these people's hands and they're using them for other services every day, we can now incorporate into the security around uh, banking applications, which you can't really do on someone's desktop computer. So to add to those points, uh, also it's important for digital banking, mobile banking, to have some layered security approaches. Uh, Looking at a balance is maybe not the same risk level as making a transaction, or maybe making a typical transaction is not the same risk as making something outside of my typical norms. So having uh, different types of security, maybe not just across the board, but for each individual um, transaction type. I don't like that. That's interesting. (laughs) So so you can actually, you can bump up the the level of security based on the type of transaction in a mobile application? Yes, definitely. Not every transaction type needs to have the same type of security associated with it. I may not care as much if you see my balance, but if you have the ability to transact on my behalf, that is a higher risk to me. So that may need some out-of-band channels, like a text message with a certain code perhaps, to further authenticate me to do something of higher risk. And I would add there that um, in the industry, we're seeing more and more automated tools to help around security as well. So not just kind of a standard, hey, if they're doing this, then 
bump up the security, but it can also just be automatically prompted based upon the behaviors that are happening in that individual session so that the system's smart enough to know that, hey, this session, this session seems a little weird. Maybe we should bump up the security and ask them to do something through out of band or something along those lines. What would be an example of out of band? So an example of out of band, let's say that uh, it's a it's a transaction where I'm about to approve a wire transfer that's going to take a million dollars out of this bank and send it to another bank. Instead of just being able to approve that in the current session, uh, maybe it sends me a push notification and I have to respond to that on my mobile device when I initiated the original transaction from the browser. Or maybe it even uh, gives me a phone call and I have to complete the transaction through a different device than the original device I was using to start the transaction. Do you think that that digital banking is a complement or is it now being seen as a competitor to the physical branch? I would say that digital banking across the board is, is really both. As It's a competitor to branches in, in some respects because there's a lot of features that are happening in the mobile apps and internet banking that could occur at, at the teller line perhaps or, or some other place within the institution. It's a complement in a way as well because with having some of these uh, routine uh, transactions happening through mobile and internet banking, the branches can specialize a bit more to uh, handle more complex transactions. So it, it really is a benefit overall to the, the bank's uh, longevity. I would add there that as more and more of these self-service features come out, the ability to, you know, we've, we've added, of course, the ability to do stop payments in, in the app and, and in the browser versions. But as we do things like address changes or updating phone numbers, some of the things Jonathan referenced earlier, that's going to take even more of that traditional branch traffic away to open up some of the, the traditional branch employees' times to maybe work on more strategic or customer-focused activities that aren't just the day-to-day simple things but more complex things. Can you give us some examples of what some of those more complex customer-focused uh, activities would be? Oh, I think maybe sometimes it's just the ability to spend some time with a personal banker who can help you understand what it takes to start a new business and and what the things that a bank would be looking for in those instances. Or or maybe you're coming in because you've just gotten married and you you need to understand how to get all of your accounts updated and all of those things switched over. So it, it may not be just the complexity of the transaction, but just the time and effort it takes to to accomplish some of those. Uh, you know, the teller may have actually a little bit of time to spend to speak with that person instead of just getting to that next customer. So how do you think evolving customer expectations are driving innovation in digital banking? This evolution is really growing more towards creating a Amazon-like experience for customers in banking. And so, so this whole idea of trying to get that kind of experience, it's driving these omni-channel strategies that you see out there where you're trying to, to look for that, that same look and feel and have that similar experience across all devices. Uh, and and um, it's also driving self-service needs as well. Gotcha. So, Jonathan, I, you know, you and I had a conversation recently about um, one of the great things about digital banking and, and the fact that, especially when it's integrated, is that same look and feel across devices. And you, you had a, a scenario where you dropped your phone in the water and had to pick back up with your, uh, with your PC. Can you, can you elaborate on that, how that helps the customer experience when it's integrated? 
Yeah, I think I think that's really a great scenario to talk about and, and to think through, because if you've got a customer that prefers a certain device to be able to interact with the bank, maybe it's their phone, maybe it's their tablet, um, and and they're walking around and something happens to that device suddenly, or maybe it falls into a puddle, uh, or you know they drop it out of their car and it gets run over. Whatever the case may be, they now are stuck with a dilemma in most situations where they've got to figure out, okay, well, now I've got to use a, a different kind of interface potentially or a different kind of device to mm-hmm. interact with my bank. So, you know, if I'm going over to my desktop now, this whole om- idea of omni-channel is really about making it where that customer can lose, break that phone, not have access to it, be able to go to a new device. Maybe it's their desktop. Maybe it's the, the tablet instead. But whenever they go to that, that they can get that same similar look and feel and instantly know, oh, okay, this is very familiar to me. I know how to get through this. I'm not going to have to have this huge learning curve or do a bunch of uh, you know, additional poking around to, to learn how I do those basic transactions and, and interact with the bank. We mentioned an Oracle study at the top of the show, um, some interesting facts that came from that study. Uh, in relation to that, in CSI's Banking Priorities 2018 survey, 38% of respondents said they would pursue digital banking enhancements this year to enrich customer experience. So if I'm one of the 38% of institutions in that study that wants to pursue digital banking enhancements to enrich that experience, what advice would you give me to get started? I really have four pieces of advice for you if that's Good. the case. Yeah. <laughs> I need all the help I can the, get. <laughs> well, the, the first piece of advice is you've got to talk to your customers. You need to determine what they're looking for. Are there solutions that they're, they're coming into the bank or they're giving you a call about that they're saying they need? I think that's the first thing that you need to look at. What are your customers looking for? The, the next one is look at your, your competitors uh, in the marketplace. You know, by offering a, a certain uh, digital banking solution or product, are you now giving yourself a competitive advantage against all the other competitors in the market? Or are you starting off at a competitive disadvantage because you don't offer that solution today? My third point here is educate yourself on on what's available in the system. I can't tell you how many uh, financial institutions there are out there that have some sort of digital banking platform but don't really know all of the features that they have available to them today without even needing to potentially purchase additional products. And and then the last thing is – You've the bank has to create a vision. You've got to create a vision for your bank, uh, and you've got to look at what what are we trying to accomplish in the next three years? Where are we trying to be in the next five years? So you've got to have that future strategy and see how this fits within that strategy. I want to follow up on your on your third piece of advice there. So if a bank doesn't know uh, what solutions they may have, like if, if they've already have an existing, say they have a an existing CRM solution that they're not really using. Is it on their, their tech provider to make sure they're using it? Is it on the bank to sort of do an audit of their systems? Like, how do you educate them on what they already may have? Sure. I think that there are a, a number of providers out there that, that do try to reach out to the financial institutions and let them know, hey, here's some features that maybe you don't know that uh, you have access to today and you're not using it. 
But at the end of the day, it really comes down to the bank to make sure that they're setting up these regular conversations with either their relationship managers or just that that vendor that they're dealing with to ensure that, hey, you know, this is what we've got today. What other solutions do you all have out there? Is there something that we're missing? I think they need to have an open conversation with those vendors about that. I'd like to get your thoughts on omni-digital customers. These are uh, customers who only bank on digital channels. They don't go into the branch at all. Is that good for the industry? I mean, do we, do we see that that's kind of the way things are headed? Or I'd like to know the what you hear from from banks on this. If this is if they're going with this, if they're okay with this, or if they're trying to say, "Oh, hold on, we still got you know we still got a branch here. Like we can still do all these things here for you." I would say I think today the digital only customer is unique. Um, but I believe that in the future, that uniqueness is probably going to go away a little bit, and the number of those customers will continue to grow. I think from a bank's perspective, that means a couple of things. One is, how do I approach building new branches, and do I need them? And the answer to that is probably yes for a long time frame, because you have customers that that's going to be a channel that they need. But for these digital-only customers, it then becomes a question of, how do I – put services that I offer in front of them digitally if they're never going to come to my branch because I want to be able to expand the relationship as a banker with that customer, but I've got to figure out what that means from a digital standpoint. You know, Jonathan referenced uh, creating a vision of that digital experience for three to five years from now. I want to expand there a little bit here because that is unique to each institution. You know, I can't go to the institution down the street or 300 miles away and copy what they're doing because I'm a unique financial institution in the first place. So things that Chase is able to do or that a regional bank's able to do, a community institution may not be able to do the same things. But as a community institution, I need to understand how to work with these digital-only customers so that when they need a loan, they know that I can still provide that to them without them having the need to come into the branch. I myself am one of those infamous uh, millennial group uh, type of customers. I consider myself more of a digital primary. I use my mobile, I use my tablet, I use my PC, really whatever device has the most uh, power associated with the battery is what I'm going to access or whatever's most convenient for me. But going to the branch is something I do do on occasion. I need to know that there is something that I can go to until my digital devices have the full self-service capabilities that Shane mentioned to accomplish some of the more complex tasks. I think I'll add to that because I'm one of those small percentages of of individuals that Shane was mentioning that really thrives off the digital experience. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have to go into a branch, it is maybe once a year at most. I try to stay away from branches. I, I, I think that I... And with everyone here that we lead, we lead busy lives. I mean, we're out there. We've got to work. We're taking care of our families. We're on the go constantly. We don't have time to go stand in the line at a branch. Uh, and, and so I, I really limit those experiences, and I stick to the digital platform. So a bank's digital presence really is the representation of that bank in my eyes. That's how I determine who they are. Uh, and then based upon how I can interact with them through that really determines if, if I feel that this is going to be a good relationship. Now, I think that branches are still absolutely necessary. Those aren't going to go away. There's going to be times when I need to go have that loan. And, yes, there's plenty of, uh, of um, you know, solutions out there where you can do loans online. But sometimes it's nice to have that personal touch, especially when you're dealing with something as important as a loan. So 
I think these community banks are still going to have reasons to have these branches. But as time goes on, you're going to see more of this digital presence being more important to these banks. So guys, we've talked about what's going on with digital banking today and in the near future. But tell us what you see on the horizon for digital banking. So uh, digital banking, uh, mobile banking, internet banking, there's a lot of strong features that are involved in both those those products already today. Uh, one piece definitely coming is bringing those internet banking features, as we, we've talked about already, bringing those to the mobile device where we know a lot of customers are using as their primary contact point. Within those feature sets that are, are pretty common, like looking at balances and transaction history, doing inter-account transactions, making those same transactions simpler and more intuitive, using processes like machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence, really just to make this a better process for customers. Uh, Beyond that, we're seeing a lot of uh, devices beyond phones and uh, internet banking, like voice devices. In my home today, I have a a Google Home or or an Alexa, so I'm used to doing voice types of transactions. So blending the voice together with some of the machine learning, artificial intelligence to really help me in my new way of transacting. So if if you're wondering what I think is on the horizon for digital (laughs) banking, please. I would say omni-channel for business banking. Now, omni-channel has been such a big topic over the past few years, and mm-hmm. it's been all centered around those consumers. And, you know, consumers definitely need it, right? You want that unified experience where you can go between your various devices and have that same experience. So you're allowing the customer to drive how they interact with the bank. But it's we've kind of turned a blind eye to the business side of that. The same users that use uh, the consumer app and things like that you know, are starting up businesses, and they're coming into these leadership roles at their current businesses, and they're going to have the same expectations for their business app and their business experience on all these devices. So I think omni-channel is going to be a big piece of that. But to add even even more to that, I think having a uh, the full business functionality on every device is going to be critical in the future because you're going to have these customers. You're going to have these millennials, and it's not just millennials. This expectation of technology and mobility is something that has spread across all of the generations at this point. So I think you're going to see um, these business users wanting to go out there and be able to run their business from that mobile phone, that mobile phone or from that tablet device or maybe a mix of, of everything. But the at the end of the day, what's important is that you give them that option, that they are able to choose how they get to interact with your financial institution. Shane, what about you? Yeah, we've talked about several things today around the experience of digital and how that's changed over the years. And one of the things I see coming on the horizon is in that experience becoming even more personal or even more customized to smaller segmentations within the bank. So all consumer users aren't the same. All business users aren't the same. And the ability for our platforms to change and mold themselves to what that individual customer needs, you know, a lot of that will come with the machine learning and the artificial intelligence that, that Ashley spoke about. But that ability for those systems, every retail customer, consumer customer who logs in may not see the same experience and may experience some things differently because the systems become smart enough to make it a better experience for each one of those people. And and then I guess the last thought that I kind of have on where the future of digital or what's on the horizon there, 
I think there's a huge future in digital around lending. You know, that's one of those things that while our digital banking experiences today are, are very good about keeping me up to date with my accounts, letting me do transactions, letting me initiate business from that perspective, to get a loan online is something that uh, is not out there for most banks. And I think that'll be a big push on the horizon is how do they start enabling people who want to be digital consumers to be digital consumers when it comes to getting a loan as well. Shane, Ashley, Jonathan, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to give us your, your awesome insight on digital banking. Thank you all very much for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll be right back. Technology, integration, experience. All three play an integral role in your bank's ability to meet customer expectations. At CSI Customer Experience 2018, we'll examine the many ways in which these aspects of fintech and regtech drive your bank forward. Join us September 11th through the 13th for informative breakout sessions on everything from P2P payments to cybersecurity, as well as engaging keynote presentations and the opportunity to network with hundreds of your peers. Save your spot for CX18 today at CSIConf.com. That's C-S-I-C-O-N-F.com. We'll see you in Dallas. That's it for this week's episode of FinTech Focus. Thanks again to Shane Farrell, Jonathan Ferguson, and Ashley Miller for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for listening. To learn even more about digital banking, check out the first chapter of our ebook, CSI's Guide to Omnichannel Banking Strategies at csiweb.com slash omnichannel. And you can subscribe to FinTech Focus wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a second, rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps more people discover the show. For previous episodes of FinTech Focus, and to learn more about CSI, head over to csiweb.com. And we'll see you next time.